This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You ain't a real boy at your level. I'm real boy at your pedal. You better dash on my class of rebels, but you know we came to blast when we smashed the metal. Brooklyn, that's how we doing it. 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 Yes. Yo, what's up, what's up, what's up? I'm the host, Gene the Dream Brown. This is another On Everything podcast where she is Ella Brown. And we got a guest, a special guest today. We have an artist. His name is Ish Quay. Quay, it's Quay. There we go. <laughs> there we go. What's popping, y'all? How y'all doing? How was y'all week this week? What's going on? My week was good, as you already know, busy. So we ain't even going on to that. So it's good on a Friday. It's raining. It's gloomy. That's why I'm glad we on the On Everything podcast so we can lighten it up in here. Absolutely. It's Quay. What's going what? on with you? What's going on? What's going on? Glad to be here. We're so glad to have you, Ish. I mean, I'm I'm just thankful that that you blessed our show, and I know we have so many people watching. Not only the, the our faithfuls who watch our show, but also people who are here for you. I mean, it's been blowing up. We've been getting so much positive feedback about you coming on the show. I mean, people couldn't wait. So we're so glad to have you, and so glad you're here. The first thing I want to say is at the welcome is let's get started with Ish Quay. So when everybody sees your name, we want them to make sure they pronounce it correctly, Ishquay. And just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first and foremost, I'm glad y'all putting the emphasis on Ishquay because for the entire time that I have been a rapper, people want to call me Ishq, Ishk. They want to call me everything <laughs> under the sun except for Ishquay. So a couple of my projects have actually been directing my audience to my name. I've even spelled my name a little differently on the covers so that they can mm-hmm. get it together. But yes, it is Ish Quay. So I am an artist from Charleston, West Virginia. Um, I'm currently based in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, that's mm-hmm. actually where me and Ella, you know, connect. We are from the same hometown. She's seen me grow up my entire life. So yeah, man, just an artist from West Virginia is hard already because not too many people know about West Virginia. They want to confuse West Virginia and Virginia. We are two completely different states with two completely different temperaments. The people are nothing alike. But, yeah, I'm an artist, as I said, from West Virginia, currently stationed in North Carolina. And just trying to bring real rap back, man. It's, 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 it's weird in the rap game right now. So I'm just trying to do everything I can to try to cement myself and get my legacy solidified. Okay, so when you say you want to bring... Hold on, Jane. I gotta just I just got to comment real quick. Shout out to Charleston, West Virginia. Shout yes. out to Dunbar, West Virginia. So Mota. West Virginia is going to be on the map. So we just got to give that special shout out because we got Gene the Dream talking about Brooklyn all day. So all let's day. let them know Brooklyn about the talent for coming sure. out of West Virginia. For sure. Okay? Even though yeah. we are located and grew up elsewhere, you know what I'm saying? My, I'm a DMV baby as well. But shout out to West Virginia your hometown. All right, Gene, we ready. Okay. Ready. So, so Ishquay, 
when you say that you're looking to bring real rap back, uh, what do you think about the current climate of rap music? Like, as far as like current artists, like it's. I guess the current climate is cool. It's always it's always good when change happens in the industry, but mm-hmm. you also with change you also get a lot of repetitiveness like a lot of the artists are starting to sound the same and Mm -hmm. the cadence is the same people are rapping the same back when i was coming up as far as when hip-hop was really thriving like in the early 90s going into the 2000s when i grew Mm -hmm. i grew up on that type of music and everybody had their own style you couldn't turn on a radio and hear dmx and be like oh that sound like jay-z or anything like that like all artists from top to bottom sounded completely different. And that's what mm-hmm. made, that's what really made hip hop stand on its own. Nowadays, yeah. it seems like people are finding what's hot and what's really popular and riding that wave instead of just being themselves. So that's what mm-hmm. I mean when I say bringing real rap back as far as the talent and your bars and your creativity and the way you put stuff together. Like a lot, of, like I said, a lot of people that are on, on the radio these days you are hear a song and then two songs later it'll sound like the same person like it's yeah. there's no individuality right now there is but it's it's far and few in between mm-hmm. that that's true that that's absolutely true so if you had to do and i hate doing it but if you had to do a top five like who'd be a top five mm-hmm. artist right now besides yourself like right now mm-hmm. or just like we're talking overall top five oh i artists. say overall gene what about overall I, I wanted to go in right now to see the the current climate, but we could do overall. That's fine. No, do yours. As a matter of fact, what I'll now. do is I'll do I'll do both. I'll do my top okay, five current and I'll do my top five overall. So my top okay. five current currently it's a rapper out in Cali. His name is LH. He's probably by far my favorite artist right now. Um mm-hmm. just because of what he brings to the table. I like to listen to YBN Corday. Um he's got a lot of conscious stuff with him. And from here and there, I like to I listen to Nick Grant. Uh, he's an artist that not too many people know about. He's from South Carolina. He's got a lot of talent lyrically. But I also, I'll throw in here and there some of the people who have been around for a little while, but they're still active. People like Two Chains or Ti, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that's probably how I round out my five with Two Chains and Ti. But as far as overall, my top five overall, that's where it gets a little difficult because. My favorite rapper of all time is Lil Wayne, so he's got to come in on my list. But I think the greatest rapper of all time is actually Jay-Z. So Jay-Z's in that top. uh, But it took me a while to get to that level because I'm a big Pac fan. So I really have Pac as the greatest. But the the last couple albums that Jay-Z's put out has really shown, like, there's really nothing that this man can't do. So I have to go Wayne, Pac, Jay-Z, Kendrick Lamar, and for my last, my fifth spot, got to be rest in peace to the dog, DMX, man. He, he's inspired me a lot. Hmm. So, so your, your, your top five list, a little, I'm a little disappointed because one person was missing. I know, you know, I know you know who we going to say. You know who. You know New who York, is. you know. Biggie. Yes. And I, and I respect you that see. because... I honestly believe see and that's the difference because I'm going off of my favorite and not the best if I was doing the best like the Mm -hmm. best the five top lyricists as far as the best who I believe the best 
It's gotta be Jay Z, Tupac, Biggie, Nas, and that lat that fifth spot. A lot of people don't give this man the credit that he deserves, but the fifth spot for me is KRS One. So those are the five people that I believe are the five best MCs ever. If your top five don't look like that, then respect to you, but you got to do some listening if you don't got them five somewhere within there. I mean, if it was a top ten, I would probably fit Nas in. For sure, for sure, for sure. You can't have a top ten without Nas. I'm not a Nas fan. That's the only that's the only artist on your list that but anyway, like enough about other Ooh. artists. Let's talk about your work. <laughs> Let's talk yeah. about your work. So Most so what definitely. kind of um what kind of projects do you have coming up and um what have you done so far? Like as far as um music goes. I'm currently working on my first studio album. I've put out about three EPs already. I've also put out a mixtape over the years. Um with the quarantine happening. I was basically trapped, like, in my home, as everybody else was. So it forced me to focus more on my craft. So with doing that, I was able, just within the short span of the pandemic, I was able to work on three projects, and I put them all out in the year 2020. I put out uh, two EPs, uh, It's Quay Volume 1, It's Quay Volume 2, and I also did a joint project with the artist that I mentioned earlier, LH, out in California, called 96 hours we actually locked ourselves uh in a hotel room for 96 hours and completed an entire project in 96 hours recording mixing mastering writing everything was done in 96 hours so it was definitely that was more of like a a challenge for the both of us we wanted to see where we were as far as this hip-hop craft was concerned if we were on a deadline if we needed to do something could we put out quality content in a short span of time and it actually did really well Mm -hmm. let me ask i want to ask what about and you mentioned all the rappers right and how everybody sounds the same which is absolutely true and you know then they have mumble rap and things like that describe your style what what kind of style do you bring to the industry and then what kind of concepts do you talk about right because we put certain rappers in certain lanes based on their content and what they talk about so what is your style and and what is the type of rap music you want to make? And what is the type of rap music you want to see more of? That's a great question. Um, as far as my my content is concerned, I'm a, I find myself being a mix of a couple of different types of artists. As I said, Wayne is my favorite artist. So you'll get a lot of wordplay in my in my music. Like I'll I'll use a lot of similes and metaphors, but also on the other the other spectrum. Like I said, I like pop, so I'm a conscious rapper at the end of the day. But I like to, I don't like people to put me in a box because they'll try to, oh, he's a conscious rapper, so he can't make this type of music. Or mm-hmm. he's a club type of rapper, he can't make conscious music. So I try to mix it up and do a little bit of everything. But as far as my core focus, it's more of conscious rap because we don't have enough of that. And to answer your question as far as what I want to see more of, it's definitely that. I want to see more people talk about real life stuff. Like it's stuff that we're going through in this world. And I don't feel like people are touching on it enough. Like one of my my biggest songs that I have is called Deja Vu. And it's in reference mm-hmm. to police brutality and all of the things that we're going through in this world as black people. And there's mm-hmm. not enough of that at all. So anytime that I step up on my platform, I try to display us and put us on a pedestal as far as mm-hmm. representing us the right way. And a lot of the times you'll get a lot of people who look at rappers in a demeaning way. 
Like, oh, he's a rapper, so he's ignorant. Or he's a rapper, so he's this. I'm a college graduate. I never thought I was going to be a rapper to begin with. And it just came out of nowhere. I took it in stride. When God puts a, puts a gift in your lap, you have to accept it and do what you got to do with it. And that's exactly what I did. Mm-hmm. So as far as my type of rapping, I like to show people that rappers aren't just, we're not just puppets. We don't just make songs just for people to dance to. We say a lot of stuff that makes you think. We want you to think. We want you to open up your mind. I might use a word here and there that people probably have never heard of because I am educated. I want you to know, I want it to shine through my music that I'm not typical. I'm not like your average rapper. There's a lot of stuff that I say. There's a lot of stuff in my mind that I want to get out on the table. So that's what I try to do through my music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's real because, and then just like me and Gene, we've had many shows talking about, you know, the black community and consciousness and what we need and how can we get together, which that's the main thing we're trying to work on now is how to get together as far as unity, right? And so right. using thinking, thinking about unity and thinking about music to do that, right? Because music is supposed to transcend, right? All cultures. So when you think about unity, how can we use, how do you think you can use, I'll say, um, you being an artist to bring unity? So making conscious rap true. Do you think that we could, and I mean stuff that eventually, who knows, it might start a movement. Do you think that we could do, is it, do we need more collabs talking consciously? Do we need to, to get out like how can we use how can rappers use their platform to bring unity and to bring a call especially call to action with the climate and culture we're in right now to the black community definitely i think collabs would be huge um you get a lot of people who like right now in the industry probably one of the biggest artists is Lil baby a lot of people looked at Lil baby just as a street guy who would rap about certain stuff and then he'll flip it and he had a song that was more conscious. And when, when he does stuff like that, that calls to an entire different generation who may not be open to the conscious rap because that's not what he does on the regular. So if he's able to flip and do something like that, then that just shows that it's so much bigger than us when you do that. And I think more artists need to do that. Like, I would like to see him do a remix to that and maybe put somebody like Lil Durk on there because Lil Durk is from Chicago. With him being from Chicago, he's from the trenches. It's a lot of stuff that goes on in Chicago that probably doesn't go on in a lot of other places. And there's a lot of conscious stuff that people in Chicago need to hear. And I feel like if Lil Durk were to get on that remix or something like that or to collab it, do anything mm-hmm. like that like the main artists who really have the attention in the industry right now if they were all to come together and collab and do a song about conscious and awareness and unity that would do so much for us because us as rappers we get too caught up in the sport sometimes we want to mm-hmm. be the best we want to make sure we rap better than such and such we get on the song with such and such i'm just trying to outdo them that's not always the best option sometimes you need to get on a, a track with an artist that's established or an artist that actually has a platform in order mm-hmm. for you to come together and show everybody, listen, yeah, we're rappers at the end of the day. He's got his fan base. I got my fan base, but we're stronger together. You bring two fan bases together, three fan bases together, however many people, it's going to change the world eventually. Once we start coming together as black people, that's what will start to show the rest of the world, okay, they're really serious now. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. That's, that's what, um, like, even, like, driving in today, like, that's, I, I happened to pop on and listen to the, um, the collaboration with Little Dirk and Little Baby, I mean, with Little Dirk and Little Baby. I, I really, I thought really enjoyed it. Like, I thought that they, they, they have a, 
an excellent contrast because their styles are different. Where they're from is different. But at the same time, you know, like, it's like, you know, it just flows. And they, they had a lot of features on there. And that's one thing that I think is, is important in rap music. When, you know, something that I love to hear is like when different people collide, you know, when different sets get it together. I like, I like to see that. And uh, for, for all of y'all listening, if y'all have any questions or y'all want to call in, the number is 929 929- 441-2417. Give us a call if you have any questions for Ish Quay. Yes, and then I'm going to read. Thank you, Jean. I'm looking in the comments. So we got um, Roz. Um, hey, Roz. So she said, I'm here. Ranisha said, hey. Kwani uh, Shah said, no, oh, the no biggie. Um, I believe, and then Ranisha said, I believe a lot of the new artists are using their platform. So there are some people that believe that artists are using their platform. And there are a lot of new artists using the platform. Um, oh, no nation. That's the one. Uh, remember, oh, no nation, Gene. He said he called. Nobody answered. Oh, no nation. Keep call back. So we call can get back, your call. Oh, 929-441-2417. We've been waiting to talk to oh, no nation anyway. And there's um, Mandy. Hey, from Cali, from Team Rise. Hey, Mandy. Thank you for Team Rise. That's right. And all of us, and remember, the, the Evening Rush Network, you can find this on the Evening Rush Network, as well as our other shows and podcasts. We're here talking with Ish Quay, a phenomenal, not only a phenomenal artist, can I say that? Ish Quay is a phenomenal human being, inside and mm-hmm. out. So let's just Thank put you. that in the Thank atmosphere. You. And when you are an artist or whatever, a business owner, it doesn't matter what field or what it is that you're doing, that character and your integrity and who you are speaks volumes. So when you add that to great artistry, you've got the total package. So I just want the world to know that even though the world is going to already know and already know, I just have to put that out there. Somebody somebody said Queens Queens in the building. All the Queens are here. So it's the, a lot of these people coming. The Queens, thank you, Queens. So the Queens are from the Evening Rush Network. They're on our network, the one of the shows. So please, mm-hmm. please, please check in and check out the Queens. They are the bomb okay. as well. I so sure we got will. a lot of support. We got a lot of support for you here. We got a lot of support for the show. Gene, what you think about, so when we're talking about um, not only rappers and trying to get together and conscious rappers and style, I like, you know what I like? Um, it's play that you said that you don't want anybody and you don't really, you're not even going to really allow anybody to put you in a box. And I think that resonates so much with everybody because people will often try to put you in a box, right? Mm-hmm. You, you may show uh, one side of yourself or one side of your artistry and then they think that you're that way. But see, what, what we have to understand is you got to know there's more to people than that. There's more mm-hmm. to their artistry. This is a gift. So the gift never stops. The gift is a gift that keeps on giving. It's going to continue and it's going to grow. And so when you're thinking about um, that gift and not being boxed in, that's what I want to know when it comes to the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, so how do you feel, even though you just now getting into the industry and finding your way, how has the industry been treating you? And what do you see in the industry? Is it everything that you thought it was? Or are you seeing some positives, negative? I think as far as the industry is concerned, I'm a sponge. Uh, when I was growing up, a lot of people would call me quiet because I didn't speak much. But a lot of that mm-hmm. quietness came from me being observant of what was around me. I don't just step into things and not soak up the surroundings. Sometimes I'll just sit in a room with 
tons of people that I might not know. And I'll be completely silent, but I can judge everything that's going on in that room just from observing. And the industry is no different. I am a student of the game. So I've seen people who have come before me stumble over certain things in the industry. And what I'll do is I'll learn from that as far as, okay, I see what they did wrong. So when it's time for me to get to that stage to where they're at, I'll know how to handle it. I look at situations like NWA, TLC, different artists like that who have had issues with contracts and things of that nature. Nowadays, it's a different type of industry. The artists mm. have more power than they used to have. You don't have to have a label backing you or anything like that for you to put out music. And I'm a prime example of that. I'm an independent artist who's put out multiple projects and I've had fans from all over the world reach out to me. And just to see something like that happen with me doing it on my own, it's like the, the industry, I, I never want to make it seem like the industry isn't needed because everybody's situation is different. But as far as mm. I'm concerned, I love everything the industry has to offer, but I feel like I can offer it to myself as well. So what I can do is I can learn from the industry, but I never want to be a product of the industry, if that makes sense. Like there's a lot of people who get on uh, labels and labels are trying to change them or try to make them make this type of music. And I'm a firm believer in music comes organically. You can't force music. If you're a true penman and you write and you care about your penmanship, that doesn't just come overnight. Like there are certain mm. lessons that you have to go through in life in order to get you to a certain place for you to write your best music. And that's what's mm. happened to me. There were certain times where I was like, man, I haven't put out music in a long time. I need to put out music. I need to put out music. And I'll just talk to God and God will tell me it's not time yet. And then he'll send mm. me through something. And that whatever, whatever he sent me through, I'm like, oh, I get it now. I'll write an entire project about a life lesson that I've just faced. And a lot of that, that's that's the biggest thing about me and my music is I I always want to display my transparency to my audience. Mm -hmm. I never want anybody to listen to my music and be like, oh, he's just talking. That's not true. Most of the stuff, not even most of the stuff, everything that I say in my music is actual. And that's mm -hmm. that's what I bring to the table. As far as the industry is concerned, I feel like it'll try to change that sometimes. So with that being the case, I, I never want that to happen to me. So for as long as I can, I, play this, I plan to stay independent. And if a label comes along and they have the same values that I have, I'm open to negotiating. But as for right now, I feel like it's best for me to stay independent because I have the control. Like I don't, why would I give somebody else a percentage of what I make when mm -hmm. I can do what y'all are doing for me? Basically, all y'all can do is really put me on a bigger platform. And I'm a firm believer in God's going to show you to who, needs to who needs to see you. Nobody has a bigger platform than God. God's going to put me everywhere I need to be. He's going to put me in buildings Period. and rooms that that labels can never put me in. So I feel Come like I'm prepared for all of that. And like I said, I, I my my label is God. Like at the end of the day, mm. he's the one that's, that's going right. to lead me to everywhere that I need to be. So like I said, for as long as I can, I'm trying to stay independent. So so being that we, we brought God into the situation, what do you think about gospel rap music? I like gospel rap music. I actually, I listen to it often. I have a, a there's actually an artist here in North Carolina. He's in Winston-Salem. His name is Mike Teasy. He's a gospel mm -hmm. rap artist. Early on, it was hard for me to really get into it because I'm like, I don't know how I feel about it. But then I started to come across artists that really started. I'm like, okay, they, they, they got something to say. Like, a lot of the times you'll hear Christian uh, music and some of it will be repetitive because 
typically, obviously, it's it's for God. It's catered to God. And sometimes mm-hmm. a lot of people get caught up in saying the same thing that somebody else said. And I came across a lot of Christian rappers that they talk about their lives, but they also talk about God. And they bring God, the way they bring God into it is what really drew me into it. It's one thing mm-hmm. to just make gospel rap or just to make gospel music, period. It's another thing to make people feel what you're saying and to feel how you brought God into it. And that's really mm-hmm. where I started started to connect more with gospel rap. So I, I'll tell you something. Like back in back in the days when, when I used to do rap music, um, and you know, I grew up in a Christian family and everything, I actually started off like trying to do gospel music at the time though it was like a real awkward situation because um the church wasn't really receiving it and people in the world didn't receive it so it was like trying to you know like thread a needle basically to find a you know a niche or a market for it you know and um I remember sometimes on uh, Sunday mornings, like the, um, I was on the praise team, right? So I used to sing on the praise team, and they'll be like, "All right, go ahead, bust a rap." And I'm like, "Oh boy, on Sunday morning, the old people <laughs> used to get their face up at me." You know, I, 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 I'm trying to think. Oh, it was, uh, it was a uh, who was that? Donnie McKirkland. He did a song, oh, yeah. um, "Speak to My Heart," right? And then mm-hmm. uh, my cousin was was on the drum. So at the end of the song, he would switch over to a rap beat. And, you know, like, I'll just, like, freestyle to it. I'll be like, now we're crazy. We could do all things without him. I'm just falling. But, you know, like, and like I'm saying, like, the old people used to skin their face up at me at the same, you know, and at the same time, you know, like, people in the street didn't really receive it. So, you know, because, like, back then, it was more battle rap. You know, they wanted to hit bars. And, um... That's, you know, so I, I really like, uh, for me, I, I it's hard for me to listen to gospel uh, rap music because I grew up listening to gospel music and I don't associate rap music with, you know, like with God the way, you know, artists do. And and even trying to do it, I had a difficult time just like communicating that to the audience when I, when I, when I tried it, you know? But yeah, uh, yeah man, gospel, gospel rap, you know, it's, it's different, bro. Like, you know, but I love, you know, I love that artist or... Uh, even now, now, like you, you have more artists like including God in their message, and you know, like uh, uh, who Kanye West with Jesus Walks when that came out, you know, that was a banger. You know, like I, I, I really appreciate you know the you know the individuality and the inclusion of God in in, in music in anything, and yes. you know, I think um, Gene and Ish, you might know, it reminds me of Snoop did a gospel album because I love that. I got that one. It's it's the song called Chisel. I think Daz was on there or whatever. Like wow. that song mm-hmm. is fire. I mean, he has more songs, but we, we have to say something because the chat is getting backed up. Okay, so man, okay, we got Queens. Mandy said phenomenal as well as educated. Like how you carry yourself, sir. Thank um, you, thank you. Yeah, Teray is saying, can we hear one of his chat, tracks? We're working on that right now, Mr. Witten. Um, Kwani Shah, can we get a snippet of Deja Vu? That's what we're working on right now. Um, yeah, we're working on it. And then, okay, we're working on it. Okay, so Terry said we want, so that is what we're working on. So give us a minute to get back to the break. Let's see if we can hook it up. We are definitely mm-hmm. working on it. And Ishquay, we're working on that Deja Vu. Um, and that's a, because that's a, that's a shorter clip, right? It's like about a minute and, you know, the full thing. That's what we're working on now. Mm-hmm. So when we come back from the break, that's what we're going to play. Um, we're going to try to play it. Um, we also got maybe a, 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 some special things after the break, too. 
Absolutely. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But one thing, okay, so we talked about, you know, our society. We talked about the industry. We talked about independent. And one person I know in things that I've um, read, um, Ishque, is your affinity for um, who was the, and why am I blanking? Uh, oh, Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey Hussle. When I think about him, I, I just feel like I remember seeing many, many segments that he talked about. Um, being independent and he talked about business like it was like I was in a class he was really teaching he was much more than a rapper and so mm -hmm. I know the independent what do you feel about the people who are trying to get on they want to stay independent right because they want to do everything you're saying they feel the same way the money own the masses all of that stuff but that they get this deal right they get this deal and maybe they feel like it's a situation where I might not get this chance again do you take that chance if you get a deal from a record company? Do you take that chance if it's out the water? And and not only about the money, but about the promotion, the production, um, all of those things that they can offer you on a wider scale. Do you take that deal or do you wait and pass it and still work on the independent? I feel like it's each person's situation is different. I never want to tell somebody to turn down money if they really need it. At the end of the day, you really have to think about what's important to you. And I'm glad you brought up Nipsey Hussle because when we were doing the top five, that when I said DMX as my fifth, I interchange him and Nipsey frequently because Nipsey is a huge inspiration to me. I, 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 I actually named my son. My son's middle name is Nipsey's first name, which is Aramis. That's how much of an inspiration he was to me. Wow. But as far as artists and passing up deals, it's really more about you. Me as an artist, I know what's important to me. As far as what's important to me, it's my publishing, my royalties, my masters. I need to own 100% of all of that. If, if labels can't get with that, then pass. I'm cool on it. But you really have to think about what's important to you because a lot of young artists will see a deal for millions of dollars. And they'll be like, I've never seen that amount of money in my life, so I got to take it. But it's going to come back and bite you on the back end if you're not smart about it. Because a lot of times people will accept multi-million dollar contracts and won't understand that, yeah, you, you're making a million dollars, but you're not making that entire amount of money they give you. For one, you got taxes that are coming out of it. For two, you also, a lot of the times, are signing a 360 deal, which means the amount of money that the label is giving you, they're recouping that back from you. As far as your album is concerned, whatever you make on your album sales, on your tour, all of that stuff is coming right back to the label if you sign a 360 deal. So you're making a million dollars. That's basically just in advance. It's like going to the bank and getting a loan. Yeah, you got the money on you, but you got to pay it back eventually. So at the end of the day, it's really about the terms of the contract. There are a lot of people that sign multi-million dollar deals, but you have to be, you have to, I guess, care enough about yourself. You have to be confident enough to know that you are more important than any amount of money. People can throw money at you, but if you don't own your royalties, if you don't own your masters, if you don't own your publishing, Prince was a prime example of making that known. If you don't yeah. own that stuff, you're in yep. trouble. The labels own you. Why would you, like, if you don't own your masters, your masters own you at the end of the day. So, when it comes to negotiating that million-dollar contract, you got to look at the terms a little bit. I'm not telling anybody to turn down money. I'm just saying make sure you're smart about the decisions that you make because a lot of the times you're not making all of that money. You're going to have to pay it back eventually. So Always. just be smart about it. Always. And then I have mm -hmm. something to ask you. We getting ready to go to a break, but I have something to ask you. Um, 
when we come back. Um, and it and it still is about that because I talk to this the youth out here, right? It's a lot of youth that are in rapping, you know. And I just want to talk to you about that and the money because they need to watch this. They need to understand. They don't believe what you're saying about the industry. They really think they're going to get that money. So again, we're here with Ish Quay, a journey, the journey of a king. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Looking to podcast shows and do not know where to start? The Evening Rush Network can help you with that. Call us at 929-441-2417 or email us at theeveningrushnetwork at gmail.com for dates and prices. We got you for all your podcast needs. The Evening Rush Network. Tune in, subscribe, and share. And we're hey. back. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> Dean, how we got on the same color today? I don't know. It was it was gold. Well, I you love it. I say, mean, you know, like say when you when you wear white, you feeling godly. So yes, I feel and like that's what all, I was. You thinking out my it. mouth is quite and it's got it. We are godly today. That's something, y'all know. I don't believe in coincidences of, of anything, right? So that might be a little sign or something, but um. Real quick, okay, so let's do our sponsor. We got to do our sponsor. It's sponsored by Sayings by Butter Clothing. She's the one that makes everything for our shows. Please check her out, follow her, buy her stuff. Again, sponsored by Sayings by Butter. Um, what I wanted to say, what we left off about the youth, real quick, and then we can go into something else, but it is, it's rampant, right? Because they're coming straight. They're not even, I remember being young and looking for a regular job and we were looking for jobs, right? You work in the store, you work in fast food, whatever, when we teenagers, when you like 14, 15, 16 year old, their whole thing is I'm either going to be, you know, football player, basketball player, or I'm going to be a rapper. And the rapper thing, and even when I try to tell them, right, the rapper thing, you're going to have to pay management, all of those fees. You know what I'm saying? They really don't believe. And then they're like, well, I'll just work it out. I, I'm not going to pay everybody. You know, I'll work. I'll do my own video. I said, those videos, you know, you're paying for that. Those cars, the rentals, the house, you're paying for that. They were like, well, I'll just work it out and just, you know what I'm saying? I'll get somebody else to do my videos. They don't have a concept. So I'm saying that to say, I know they have people who talk to kids about it, but I think there needs to be, or do you know of anything like this going on where we can educate the youth? about this like maybe through like some programs or music programs or something to educate you so they can really learn the industry especially the youth who really have those gifts and those skills so they don't get taken and they don't get in the industry and become a slave for sure it's definitely out there you just have to go look i was actually blessed enough to have an uncle uh, my uncle b he introduced me to something called the royal network now what they did was they actually specialized in grooming upcoming artists on the industry so they would basically break down a contract for you they would break down the ins and outs of what you have to pay like you said management videos different things that people don't take into account when they really receive all of that money that money's gonna be gone before you know it if you go out here and blow it on all of this flashy stuff because there's there's stuff pertaining to your career that you really have to pay for that you might not know and that's there are a lot of resources like that. I wish there would be more, and I wish there would be 
more readily available to people, which it's not. You kind of got to go research for it. But at the end of the day, that that goes back to how much you really want it. If you want it bad enough, sometimes you got to go do your own research. And Mm -hmm. I'm a product of that. Like I like I said, my uncle put me on to it and I dove a little deeper to do my own research as to everything else. And that's what really led me to want to stay independent. There are certain there may be. I'll say maybe three or four record labels on this earth that I would probably be content with signing with. But outside of those three or four, nobody else's vision was in line with mine. So Who are those you gotta, three or four? I would say off the top of my head, um, no limit records, just off the strip of what Master P does. Master P is mm-hmm. a he's a prime example of being an independent artist and building your own. So for somebody who's done as much as he's done on his own and negotiating the deals that he's negotiated, I would be I would be a sponge around him. I want to soak up all of that because at the end of the day, that's where I want to be. Um, no Limit Records, uh, Rock Nation, just off the strength of Jay-Z is another prime example of taking over the industry at his own pace. Yeah, he was signed for a little while, but he's starting to see, well, he started to see the nuances of the industry and how to maneuver through it without the help of other people such as him uh, creating title who he created a streaming platform that he could put his own music on but he's getting paid millions of dollars for it like that's huge so definitely them two and my third will probably be dreamville with j cole just because j cole's vision is in line with mine as well he never wants to be owned by a record label he wants to make sure that if he is signed to a record label it's not an ownership it's a partnership so that would be more what I would be in line with doing. So if I had to say, those would probably be my top three. Um, there may be a couple of others that I would negotiate with, but as far as if they stepped to me, I knew I would know what their values are. I wouldn't have to actually sit down and be like, hey, listen, we got to make sure we're on the page about this because certain stuff that y'all do might not be what I want to do. But at the end of the day, those are probably the top three that I would say. I love mm. it. And I, I love all those top three. Hey, Gene, and I don't know um, if you can see it, but we got the video ready. So um, thank you to King Don for that. Like, he make it happen like that. So the video that we wanted to show, um, Ishkwe, is that Deja Vu. It's just the, um, I guess it's the cover. And so we're going to play that. Is it okay to play that? Perfect. It's perfect. Go ahead. All right. So King Don, whenever you're ready. Yeah, killing after killing, this is overdone, and they smiling while they do it, they doing it for fun, but I'm God's son, so I won't ever run, cause a crooked cop ain't nothing but a coward with no gun, but look, I had a combo with my brothers today, about the way I should react if they should come my way, I'm thinking MLK, just so I can make it home, but the other side of me is screaming that it's all wrong, when I think about my son, they gotta be the outcome, when I'm thinking about my people, I'm thinking like Malcolm. I'm in for meals, cause baby, I got the formula. Yeah. Classic after classic, man, I belong in the orchestra. All these other rappers is only concerned with pouring That's up. Nice. So finding better is about as likely as locking Jordan Go. up. I keep getting hotter while my trail's still blazing. Things want a dollar, but for me, they getting nathan. Ain't a nigga living that can cause me a problem. Or the CJ, they don't belong in my column. I'm so super rare, but they can't find another. All these others, man, they come a dime a dozen. I can pull the baddest and act like it's nothing. Like it's nothing. Boy, I swear I'm looking like somebody 
somebody's husband, like somebody's husband, like somebody's husband. You can't tell me nothing, I look like somebody's husband, like somebody's husband, like somebody's husband. Boy, she scoping, cause I'm looking like somebody's husband. Yo, that was dope. Wasn't that dope? And then I love that first part. I mean, we always love somebody's husband, but that first part, I love that ending. Um, when you said, um, when I'm thinking about my people, I'm thinking about Malcolm. Like that was fire right there. That, yeah, that's, that's, I love that. That really spoke to me because that was that. Like I said, everything in my music is real life. So when the George Floyd situation happened, me and my homeboys we're very uh, open about discussing stuff like that. So we really like had a Facebook mm-hmm. message conversation and we were like, how do we really approach that situation? Like if a cop approaches you and you know that they're about to do something that could put your life in danger, how do you really handle that? Because at the end of the day, we're men just like they are and we're got a family at home. So how are we supposed to handle that? So what I said was I had a convo with my brothers today about the way I should react if they should come my way. I'm thinking MLK, Martin Luther King, just so I can make it home. But the other side of me is screaming that it's all wrong. When I think about my son, that has to be the outcome. When I'm thinking about my people, I'm thinking like Malcolm. So it's it's real life situations in my music. And like I said, that was a conversation that we had. And it's 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 a difficult mm-hmm. topic and a difficult subject to actually touch on, but it's something that really needed to be talked about because that's what's going on in the world right now. So I wanted to make sure I touched on that with Deja Vu. And as for the second part portion of that, that's what I mean about me being a, a, a balanced artist. You get your conscious, yeah. but you also get your stuff that you can bang in a club because that's somebody's husband. It's a lot of people's favorite songs. So that is really what my words, my wordplay on display. Oh, oh, that's Eugene. So you see, uh, oh, no nation. First of all, that concept and how you came up, uh, uh, how it came about. I love it. And it shows your diversity. And now those were only two short clips. So we know that it's even more diverse. And so we're going to plug all your all your contact information, all where people can find you so they can go on and they can follow you and they can really see how well not only how well rounded you are. And how educated you are and what a beautiful black king you are but what you are bringing to the table right what you are bringing to the table because you're not coming to the table asking for handouts you're not coming to the table for anything no you're bringing something to the table and you're gonna make it happen hey gene you see oh no nation talk about is this dude going to sing what you think we should have him do yo you know what yo yo ish yo what's up you know what we want you to do? We want you to drop some bars. Drop it live right here. <laughs> bars. Bars. Do a little freestyle. All right, so listen, I typically don't freestyle for you, but I feel like we family, so I feel we like fam. I'm going to cook up something for y'all. So here's okay. what I'm going to do. I'm gonna, I'll am spit a quick freestyle off the top of the head, but after I finish the freestyle, uh, a lot of people, because a lot of people don't believe that, you know, people freestyle. They think that it's written. It was pre-rehearsed. So what I'm going to do is, I'm going to spit a quick little freestyle, and after I spit the freestyle, I'm going to open up the floor to Gene, I'm going to open up the floor to Ella, and you guys can give me words, and I'll freestyle off of those words. So, I guess just to start it off, what we'll do is, I want to incorporate incorporate what we're doing right now in this freestyle, so Mm -hmm. we'll go like this. Um, 
Okay, on everything podcast, they number one because you know they always got class. Yeah, shout out to Gene and Ella. They do it for the ladies and they do it for the fellas. Yeah, we on the evening rush when the show about to start. I'm gonna need for y'all to hush. So we'll do something quick like that. And Gene, we'll open up the floor real quick. You throw out a word and I rhyme off of it. Uh, Monotony. Monotony. Ooh. A lot of people look look, that's no problem at all. I love it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people got a problem with monogamy. For me, a lot of rappers try to copy me. So that's never been a problem for me. But what I like to do is do what I do, not do what I see. Like it. Ella, like opening it. up the floor to you. Go ahead and throw mm. a word out for me. You know mine is gonna be Gene already. It's mm. Okay, so this is just gonna be for the black community because I'm big on this. I'm big on wanting this. Reparations. Ooh, reparations. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me see how I'm gonna do that one. That's a tough one because a lot of stuff is coming to my mind, but I don't wanna go too deep in it. It's gonna mess around and turn into a song if I freestyle too much. So what we do is okay, black folks, we need reparations. The white folks don't seem to get the reciprocation. A lot of times we go through problems. They go through stuff they don't really got to solve them. So the stuff that we go through on a daily, they can never do. They can never do. They can never see. Let me see. How long do you, I'm, I don't want to go too deep on that because if I go too deep on reparations. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Time. We love it. We love it. We love it. And you know why? Because that's it's, it's, that, that is fine. dope. That's dope. And it's because we, me and Gene, been talking about this so much. And a lot of our shows, even though we do like we did show black comedy, we had a lot of different shows. But somehow this topic keeps coming up and everything that's going on today. I mean, beyond George Floyd and, and the Black Wall Street, all of that stuff, that reparations is it should have always been the talk. Right. But it seems to be getting louder now. So that's been on yeah. my mind like forever. And, that, and actually, that the reason why it keeps coming up is because that is genuinely who we are. You know what I mean? Like, and we, you know, we're here for the people, and we gotta make sure that our people get treated right. And you know, we're representing for that. Now, Ono Nation keeps commenting. Ono Nation, if you if you're watching, if you're listening, call in at 929-441-2417. You know, like he, he on yeah. the sidelines, like oh yeah, he he been on the sidelines too much. You know what I'm saying? He was on the sidelines last time. Like you really want to call and you called and you couldn't get through. We waiting. We waiting exactly. with this play. Like you but got, it's, you it's, got, you got right on it, Gene. That's right. It's mm-hmm. funny that you that you bring up reparations because what I really, what I didn't want to do when you brought up reparations is I've said a lot about reparations in my music and I didn't want to use any of the bars that I had used before. But yeah. when this whole uh, pandemic started, that was one of the things that I talked about because they were talking about giving us a stimulus check and all of that stuff. And I posted a video, and in my video I said. Uh, they said we get a check. Tell them people I'll be waiting. Probably ain't going to see it anyway, just like my reparations. Like, this has been mm-hmm. a problem for a long time in America. And yeah. it's, it's crazy that years and years and years later, we're still having the same discussion with nothing being pushed forward. Now, we've heard people who have been office who are trying to get an office speak to doing something in regards to reparations but we haven't seen much action so with us being the black people that we are 
let's just let's just call it what it is. I speak about this a lot of my music. I like to be honest. Black people built where we're at. We built this. How right. how are we on land that we built and we're still having we're not reaping the benefits of it. Like we're not reaping the benefits of what we built. We built this place and they're mm-hmm. treating us like we're just nobody. Like it's a lot of stuff that we did on our backs for free. Our ancestors did on their backs for free to make America what it is. And what are we seeing from that? Like that we're not seeing anything from it. Our ancestors had to do too much, had to go through too mm-hmm. much for us to still be in the same situation where we're not being respected or not given what we deserve. So it's it's yeah. definitely I'm glad you brought it up because that's something that we I mean, it's a conversation that needs to be had. That's right. We still sitting here waiting for our 40 acres and a mule. And Back. the thing is that it's crazy is that uh, there are some races or some di- different people who reap the benefits and already receive like all kinds of benefits from things that they've gone through that America didn't do to them. But we're here. America did some, did, they, they committed the crimes <laughs> against us, brought us here. You know, like, and enslaved us here, and we have yet to see anything, anything back. And I'm not a, I, I, before, in the past, I wasn't a pro-reparations person, because I believe that, you know, like, I'm going to get it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to get it regardless. Like, if you give me something or if you don't. Yeah, but they owe. They owe. But... I just wasn't a pro before in the past, but now, you know, my position changed as, you know, like I began to understand the different, uh, the damage, the different effects of the damages that were done to us. And, and I started to see the mindsets of people and how our people move throughout this country. You know what I mean? Like the, the, Mm -hmm. uh, basically like if you kept, if you, if it's, it's just like, I'm watching um, people who are still like, or families that came up, you know, and we were taught different things and the things that we were taught was because of what happened in the past, because of slavery and because of, you know, like the oppression and the things that, that we experienced. And even now, like in the, in the hood and stuff like that, like, you know, like I still see that, you know, like, yo, you still live in that, you know, oppressed life. You know what I mean? Like, we, we are taught to, to come up, you know, and to put people on certain levels with, with without them earning it. Yeah. And, and and most of it is because of the color of their skin. For sure. I remember um, when I used to work at, I used to sell furniture. And, you know, like, sometimes, you know, different colored people besides us would come in and, you know, they wouldn't speak to you. You know, you're like, hi, hello, how are you? Welcome to Raymond Flanagan. I, but I remember one coworker, like he he would be so offended by it. And this was when Obama was president. And he would look at them and just yell to them, excuse me, you walked into my store and you didn't speak to me. Do you know the president of the United States is a black man? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. But you know, like, it, you know, like, it's, it's still, you know, the racism is still here, it's still alive, Um, you know, of course, the, the last president that just went out brought, you know, brought that to the forefront and they're more vocal now. And, you know, I feel like we we still got to get to a place where everything is equal, you know, and, you know, whether we have to strive for it or whether it's through reparations. I don't know, know that it'll ever be equal 
Gene. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we mm-hmm. we do, but just like me and you talked about, I don't know if it will ever be equal. Ishquay, what do you think? Because my thing is, you've done so much. We already know the history is there. So now you just owe. That's that's where I feel like it is, right? We're going to get our own regardless. We got to get ourselves together. We're going to have our own money, whatever. But you still owe that too, in addition. It's not, you know, uh, in place of. It's in addition to what we're doing on our own. But so much has happened. And you know how people say, oh, well, we're on the right path. We're striving for equality. We're striving for all this. And I could be, maybe I'm a little bit pessimistic about that. Tell me what y'all think. Like, Ishquay, do you think that things are going to be equal? I think if they are, it's going to take a very long time. We're going to be dead and gone before it happens. But it's like, like what back to what Gene said as far as with his mindset prior to where he is now about him not uh, being pro reparations. That's understandable. Uh, I feel like the older you get, the more you start to see the world for what it is. There were a, a lot of people think that slavery was just oh, you're working for us. If you get out of line, we're whipping you. If you run away, our dog's going to chew your leg off and stuff like that. Yeah, there were harsh things from a physical standpoint, but us as black folks went through a lot of stuff mentally that's still with us, that's in us, that we don't know how to handle because of what happened to our ancestors. They passed a lot of that down to us, and from generation to generation to generation, we continue to go through that. Something that's as little as us black men, we always feel like we have to be superior. We have to be the protector. We have to make sure that we protect any and everything around us. And a lot of that stemmed from us being helpless in slavery. We had, as black men, had to watch our wives, our children be mistreated at the hands of a man that we knew that we could handle that man if you know, Mm -hmm. things were a little more balanced, but the fact that they Mm -hmm. had whips and guns and things of that nature, it put us in a mindset to feel like, how can I protect my family when at the end of the day, they'll kill me, and if they kill me, there's nobody here to protect them. And a lot of Mm -hmm. the same stuff, we're, we're in that same construct today, mentally, because we haven't properly gone through the channels of figuring that out. And that's another reason for reparations being needed. A lot of us who want to even go deeper, a lot of us black folks, we need mental health. We need to seek therapy. We Be, need counseling. But a lot of us can't afford it. There are a lot of us that need it the most that can't afford it. If we were given reparations on 40 acres and a mule, which they promised us, you better believe we and will I, find and, and a way seriously. to pay for that therapy that we need. Like us black folks, we need it. I've just now gotten to an age where everybody around me would always, not not like my family, but just like my peers. My peers around me would say little things like, oh, therapy, that's, if you go to therapy, you you must be crazy. Therapy's only for crazy people. You must, there must be something wrong with you if you go into therapy. No, and now I'm that. to the, exactly, mm-hmm. now I'm to the age that I realized that everything that they taught, told me as far as that was wrong, like, we, you need that. You need to be able to voice yourself, even if it's something small as discussing your work week and what went wrong in, in your work week. You mm-hmm. have to have a safe space to where you can go and unbuild, unload that baggage that you're carrying around because the longer you carry it around, the longer it's going to weigh on your shoulders, the more your spirit and your energy is going to be affected by it. So it's important for us to get out and seek therapy and 
figure out a way to open up and, and deal with all of that stuff that we got going on. See, and and uh, and the thing is, like, us as a people, like, we, we don't view, we view trauma as normal. You know what I mean? Like, we mm-hmm. view trauma as normal. Like, things that, things that would affect you, just like, the little things that we go through, like, like, uh, shoot out to the neighborhood. That's trauma. Yeah, not to cut you off. Not not to cut you off. Yeah, not to cut you off. Me and my friends actually just had this discussion about how you don't have to be in the military to go through PTSD. PTSD is post-traumatic stress disorder. Anything that has been around that has caused any type of trauma continuously, that Mm -hmm. leads to PTSD. They're like my friends that me and myself, I've been surrounded by, like you said, friends getting killed, friends dying, shootouts, all type of stuff that's just in our environment that we don't really understand the amount of damage that it does. It causes so much stress and so much mm-hmm. baggage on our shoulders. And like you said, like it's trauma. At the end of the day, you have to find a way to deal with that trauma. Yes. And that's yes. what people don't go ahead, Jane. Mm-hmm. No, no, bad. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's what people don't understand. That um, post-traumatic stress and then post-traumatic stress syndrome, post-traumatic stress disorder, you know what I mean? And I'm in education, so we deal with that all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Because part of our thing is dealing with not only the students, not only the parents, but the community members. And Ishkwe is right. It comes from anything. So not only that, just from our history of learning about the history, if you are just born and you've never been you know, done wrong by, you know, another community or hurt or anything, but you're just born and you're just learning about your history. And you are, for instance, an African-American, you know, young person. And then you're reading in the history books and you're seeing all those flashes and you're seeing the the stories and you're seeing the, the killing and the murders and you're seeing George Floyd and we see it over and over all throughout the day. That's it right there. So don't mm-hmm. ever think, you know, people think that that PTSD, oh, well, something's wrong with you. No, half of us, if, if not half, and I wish we had the statistics, Gene, maybe we can find that up. We all walking around with something. Let's be honest. So who mm-hmm. are you to, to tell somebody else about, oh, well, you know, nothing's wrong. You don't need to talk to somebody. You just stressed out or no, or, or oh, you do have PTSD. Maybe you know, need to go see a, you know, psychiatrist or something. And that may not even be what you need. You might just need counseling. You might just need a friend. It depends on how it affected you and how you are dealing with it based on your environment, with the information you have at the time, and who you are and your personality and what you're going to be receptive to. It's a lot of factors. And that's the, the main thing in our Black community is we are nervous about going to seek help, right? Because that trust is gone. You know, we don't trust the government. We don't trust you. We don't trust nothing. And then me and Gene were talking about our show before about that village not being there like it used to be with the family because the family was the village and that's where you connected and that's where you kind of got your counseling and all of that. And because our families have been broken and then not only broken, but people have moved off to different places. That's not there. And then people are just lost. And so they don't want to go outside that and they don't want to look like something's wrong with them. But believe me too, when people are therapists and all of that stuff and that gift, you, you know, you just don't know. Why would they become a therapist? Some of these therapists will tell you they have been and have told me, the people I work with, I became a therapist because I had the same issue. I'm doing this because it's the same issue. Mm-hmm. Your, your pain, that is your gift. 
And when you start operating in that, you'll be able to tell your story. You'll be comfortable about telling your story because you've been through it and you came out of it. So we need to help everybody else do the same. For sure. So, and get, get, getting back to getting back to the music. Yeah, let's we we also we also power stuff. Exactly. Let's get back to it. So um what what is the title? Do you have a title already for your for the upcoming project you're working on? Yeah, this is actually, I guess this is a, uh, you guys are getting an exclusive because I haven't told too many people this, but um, it's, it is, it's about my experience through life. And as I said, I'm from Charleston, West Virginia, but to be more specific, I'm from Dunbar, West Virginia. Um, Dunbar, shout out to Dunbar. My my life has been, I've been all over the place, really, Uh, just to break it down. I lived in Dunbar, Virginia from when I was born to the age of eight. When I turned eight on my eighth birthday, I actually moved to Durham, North Carolina. I stayed in Durham, North Carolina. So I considered Durham home as well. But I lived in Durham, North Carolina from the age of eight to 14. Once I turned 14, I moved back to West Virginia and I finished high school and college in Charleston. So there are a lot of places that I can call home, but my roots and my foundations and most of the stuff that I learned about who I was as a person came from Dunbar. And Dunbar, there's a it's a little pit in Dunbar. It's called the bottom. That's what everyone who's from there, they refer to it as the bottom. We, the bottom. yeah, the bottom, it sounded so derogatory in a way that we tried to flip it and try to make it sound more appealing. We started calling yeah. it the Motob, which is the bottom spelled backwards. So we called the bottom, we called it the Motob. That's where I'm from. So my album will be called From the Motob to the Top. And it's wow. basically stemming from all of the stuff that I learned throughout my life mm. and just walking people through my journey in life and helping them to see why I'm the man that I am today, because that's what I'm all about in my music. Like, a lot of rappers, you'll hear them talk about the flashy cars and the jewels and the millions of women that they want to sleep with and all of that stuff. I'm the complete opposite. As you can see, I'm, I have a wedding ring on my hand. I'm a married man, and I want everybody who listens to my music, I want them to know that. I want black men, black men don't cheat. I want everybody to know. I knew he was going to say that. I want everybody to know that I am a married man. I'm married to a strong black queen. And I want to make sure that I say that as much as I can in my music. Because there are a lot of people out here who believe that rapping is all about getting women and getting all of this stuff. And that's not what it is. Like, we're not all like We are, there are a lot of us who are monogamous. There are a lot of us that have one woman that we want to spend the rest of our life with. I have a son. I want to lead by example. My wife and I we just had our first son a year ago, and I want to lead. I want him to see what it's like to be uh-huh. a successful black man while also lifting up your family on your shoulders and being a respectable black man. There's a difference mm-hmm. between just being a successful rapper or a million dollar rapper and this stuff and that. There's a complete mm-hmm. difference from being that as opposed to being who I am. And I feel like I'm an anomaly almost. You don't see a lot of rappers rap about how much they love their queen or how much they love their family, how much their queen means to them. And I'm the first to say, the greatest creation that God ever made was a black woman. 
if come you on. have a come black on. woman, if you have a black woman on your team on side, I was lucky mm-hmm. enough to marry one. A lot of us aren't that lucky. I was lucky enough to marry one. So I want everybody mm-hmm. to know it's like a lot of people use the term trophy wife. That's that can be used derogatory, but my wife is honestly my trophy. I'm gonna show her off as often as possible, not in a way of being, oh, she's so beautiful, she's this. Look how how good her body looks. My wife is mentally stronger than a lot of people I know. I love my wife for her mm-hmm. mind, her right. her heart, and for how she makes me better as a person. And that's what I want my music to embody. So a lot of the stuff that you'll hear on this album mm-hmm. will be stemmed to that. You'll hear me talk about how much I love her. You'll hear me talk about how much she's meant to me. And even in my past music, you'll hear prior to us being married, the struggles that we went to, went through through life together. And I, I never want that to be overlooked. A lot of people, yeah. they when they rap, they'll rap about all of the issues, all of the troubles and all of the stuff they've been through in life. I had to do this. I had to do that. But they never discuss what it what it was like actually being in that moment. And I was mm-hmm. in that moment with my wife. So there were a lot of traumatic things that happened to her that affected me. So in my music, I discussed that. Like I talk about it. It's, that's what that's what yeah. I do in my music. I discuss the real mm-hmm. life stuff. So like I said, my upcoming album will a lot of the songs will be similar to that. But you know, you'll get some you'll get some fun tracks on there too, like somebody's husband. You'll get some stuff that you can add to, but I like I got mm-hmm. some some grown folks music on there, man. It's not always yeah, just about having fun. Like mm-hmm. you can have fun and still be grown. One of my favorite songs on there, and I guess this will be another exclusive because I haven't list I haven't leaked the track listing at all. But one of the songs that I have on there is called <laughs> it's called Date Night, and it's about mm-hmm. the real it. life real life experiences that we go through as as uh as human beings, like. There are a lot of stuff like people want to talk about being in a club and going out and doing this. But for me, I get excitement mm-hmm. out of date nights with my woman. So that's what I want to talk about in the song. Like it's mm-hmm. it's and it's more of a an expression to show how much he means to me. Like I won't give you too much, but a little bit of the hook is you've been working hard all day, right? Let me shower you with love on this date night. You told me step up to the plate, right? Let me show you something on this date night. You ain't got to take your clothes off just to go off. Type of woman that'll make me want to turn my phone off. Every time we step out, I love the way you show off. When I'm gone, we stay on the phone till we doze off. There's a lot of grown folk stuff going on in that song. So I wanted to yeah. put that on display because that's a part of what we go through. I want people to I want people to be able to relate to me because, that, I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's really what just about everybody wants is love. And I was able to find mm-hmm. that. And that song date night is just showing off the excitement of being married like being having a spouse mm-hmm. having a companion you don't even got to be married to relate to the song but just having somebody that you feel important enough to get dressed up for i want to get dressed up tonight let me take you out let me do this let me do that just making somebody else feel special like that makes that means the world to me so yeah i know that was a long answer but i wanted no. to make sure that i touched on a little bit of everything that that was it's cool. Listen, they queuing up a beat for you right now. I don't know what's happening in the background. They, they love. I'm gonna tell you, they loving you out here right now. 
Yeah, they queuing up a beat for you right now. They and they they want they 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 want you to drop something else, man. Let's go. Yeah, woman, they drop something you, else. You, okay. Yeah, and we don't we don't even know what the beat is. So so they telling us right now. So they loving you. They loving the vibe. All of that. So they saying that they got a beat as uh, an instrumental. So we don't know what it is, and they ready to do it over a beat. All right, I'm, I think I can do that. I think I can do that. So let's do this. What can we do? So Gene, can we start? Um, for the producer, can we start the instrumental? Let him hear a little bit so he can get the flow of the instrumental, and then he'll go ahead and do a freestyle over it. Mm. How's that sound? Do we need it? Do we need it up a little bit, Gene? Or is that in and out on me, but I can't hear it a little bit. Hold on, I want to make sure you hear it, it's Clay. Okay, yeah, that's nice. Ish, can you hear it? I can. Okay. Okay. I want to give him some consciousness. Okay, here we go. Okay, Trump lost and then they turned into an angry mob. Imagine how they feel seeing blacks get the odds. And the way they walked in, it was like they had to keep white privilege don't exist. You gotta be me. How will it bring us to a land that we built up from the floor and do everything to make sure that we don't get to enjoy? They can kill a black leader, not what they taught me. Blacks come from royalty. Of course, I'm going to be cocky. Look, they went to Egypt just to study the pharaoh. Then they shot the nose off just as it wasn't narrow. And now they get the features that help them look black. Then they hate on the culture because they can't duplicate that. There's something simple like that. I got it. Love it. Love it. But I want I it's quite because his um I'm looking at it and Gene, tell me if you're looking at it because I want to make sure it's not my computer. So I just want to make sure the internet connection is straight. No, it's a it's a little it's a little it's a lag. Computer. Yeah, it's a okay. little lag. But it okay, it comes back, so it might mm -hmm. just be the location. It's all right. Nah, but Ish, yo, Ish, that was dope, son. You gotta go. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. That's my queen, man. Yeah, and that's, we gotta, you gotta go out there. I mean, I love that you like that because so many people need to hear that story. And maybe if they listen to you, maybe the, the black men who need to step up, not the already, not the ones who already stepped up, but the ones who need to step up, things like this need to be out in our community. Music like this needs to be out in our community so, for so many reasons. I do want to say we're getting ready to close soon. We went over, but it's been a pleasure. But I want to ask you, because we have, you know, the chat has been blowing up. Teray asked a question. We did talk. He said, what's your favorite track? I think you said you like Deja Vu. But this is something we all want to know, too. So your favorite track. But he said, what does your EP Real stand for? R-E-A-L. And if everybody doesn't know, that's what you can see on the Everything Podcast, on Ish's Instagram, all that information that we're going to give you before we leave. But... It is R-E-A-L. What does that stand for? Okay, so 
Real was actually, that was my first EP that I put out on all platforms. So that was a big deal for me, that project was. Real stands for, <laughs> it's funny he asks this because on the album cover, you can actually see the words. I, I actually designed my own album covers. So what okay. I did was in the letter R, the letter E, the letter A, and the letter L, you can actually see the words in there, what it stands for. So, excuse me, let me get some water. Sorry about the road is going through right now. Take your time, take your time. <clears throat> Woo! Okay, so, real, oh my goodness, I just had a brain lap. Relentlessly. No, that's not, it's not relentlessly. My goodness, he asked me too fast. <laughs> it's actually on my album because I'm trying to remember. It's been a while because I've dropped multiple projects since then. Um, That's okay. I'm trying to think. I really can't remember. But to answer <laughs> his other question, as far as my favorite track, that's really what my mind was on because I did say Deja Vu was one of my favorite tracks. But I also, I've, I have another song that's really dear to my heart. And it's called Studio Confessions. It was actually one of my first singles that I put out. And it's really me outlining a lot of traumatic events that I went through as far as friends of my life passing away and me were actually working on real. I dropped this before I dropped real because there was, a, there was a spirit around me. And I had a, a friend that I went to high school with who graduated with us. She was really close with me all four years. And she went off to college and was actually come home, coming home to visit college. She didn't even spend her first week in college. She went to college for her first weekend and moved in and was mm -hmm. coming back home to visit and passed away in a car accident. So she didn't even get to finish her college career. And like I said, she was really close to me. Like she really dear to my heart and I felt her spirit around me like I would go to sleep and she would like come to me in my dreams like and I remember specifically going to the studio and having this beat and playing the beat and I felt her spirit in the studio with me so that mm -hmm. song is very near and dear to me I speak on that a lot as, as I said it, it's it's called Studio Confessions, but it talks about a lot of the things that I went through in life as far as that. Uh, my wife and I actually went through a miscarriage at the time, right before we got married. Mm -hmm. Just a lot of the so, different struggles that we were going through. So, so is that resilient even after loss? No, after that's, loss? That's, that's all, even after losses. Even after losses. That's what we got in the chat. Somebody who listened to it said resilient, resilient even, even after, after losses. That's exactly what it says. Resilient too. even okay. after losses. I love, love my it. fans. My fans pick me up when I when I stumble a little. That's bit, right. They got you. They got sure. you. That's exactly what it's still for. But yeah, it yep. was. Uh, and that once again, like I said, the studio confessions led into that. Like I was definitely coming off of a lot of losses, so. It was mm -hmm. important for me to put that out there in the in the manner that I did, but yeah, love it. So we getting ready, to, but but like I said, even though we fifteen minutes over, so you know this had to be a good show. 
Because this <laughs> us staying on and the fans and the love that you give me. Not only do we wish you much success, mm-hmm. Godspeed in everything you want to do. I want you to take this time, just a little bit of time before we go, even though we over time, give the fans, fans and whoever, whoever, whatever you need, um, your contact information, how can they get in touch with you? How can they follow you? Is there anything else you want them to know? Your next project, what they need to be on the Come lookout on, for? Anything. Just give us the whole itinerary. Just give it all. All right. So you can follow me on all social platforms on uh, Twitter and Instagram at at Ishquay. 14. That's I-S-H-Q-U-E-1-4. Now, my Instagram is sort of my sweet spot. Like I said, I don't freestyle often, but there are videos on my uh, Instagram from when I do freestyle. A lot of the times I'll just be in a, be in a mood where I'll just be playing, uh, playing the Xbox or watching a movie or something. I'll just be like, I feel like freestyling. And I'll post it on my Instagram. So you can find me there. As far as my music, my music is on all streaming platforms. You can find it on Apple Music. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Tidal. All you have to do is search Ishque, I-S-H-Q-U-E. And if you guys enjoyed this interview and you haven't heard my music yet, you're going to love everything you hear just off the strength of, like I said, my music is transparent. So everything that y'all heard today, you're going to hear my music. You'll you'll get a, a deeper version of who Ishkwe is if you really take a deep dive into my music. Okay, cool. Is there anything, yep, yeah, are you going to be doing, are there any performances later on or anything that you're working on that you want the community to know? Not at the moment. Like I said, I'm working on the album, so that's getting my full focus right now. I'm channeling all of my energy toward that album. So what I will say is, if you're not following me on Instagram, follow me now because a lot of announcements about my album will start to come out brick by brick. I've already, like I said, give you guys the exclusive of the name of my album. Here soon, maybe I'll release a single. Maybe I'll release an album cover. You never know, but you'll have to follow me on Instagram to get a little get a to get a little more information about that. Mm-hmm. Love it, love it, love it. We want to thank you so much for being here, so much for blessing us, so much for blessing the community. We pray that everything for you works out exactly the way God intended, because we know if it works out the way God intended, it's going to automatically work out the way you intended. So we pray for that, and we bless you. We bless your family. And all of Gene, if you want to say anything, uh, by the way, Gene, Gene is a pastor. You didn't know. Gene's a I pastor. Did. If you want to, if you, yeah, you can't even tell, right? So if you want to say just a few, th- I mean, just a few things, just a blessing, and then we're going, the producer is going to play us out. Mm-hmm. And then we're going right. to be back next time. But let's go. Let's go, Gene. Just, I mean, oh, and, and it doesn't have to be a prayer, but I, I we just, I just right. feel the. I was about to pray, but go ahead. Nah, no, 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 no. no. I, me as the guest, pray. I want you to pray over this, this uh, episode, just because mm-hmm. I feel like there's so much spirit in this episode. So yes. whatever's on your heart right now, share it with us, please. Because it okay. might, that might be something that I need to hear. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for your grace and your love. Lord God, we ask that you would bless the work of this young man's hands, Lord God. We ask that you would continue to help him, 
lift up others as you lift him up, Lord God. Cover him, Lord God, and keep him, protect his family. Lord God, we ask that you would bless everybody involved with this show. We ask that you would help us to all but become more prosperous, Lord God. Lead us in the direction that we should go, Lord God, that we would never go astray from the work that you have given us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And no weapons formed against you shall prosper. Thank All you. Right. Thank you for that. Let's We're play us out. Just ain't one. There's no weapon. None. None. That's and right. thank you, God, for not even allowing the weapons to form. Amen. That's Amen. Right. Thank y'all. I want to thank y'all for opening up the platform to me, man. This means a lot to me. Listen, thank you, guys. We look forward to having you back here. For yes. sure. For sure. I'm. I'm excited to come back. We gonna we gonna come on. We gonna we gonna do the playlist, and we gonna go over it. You gonna break it down for us, and we gonna talk about you know where it's going, and you know like I look I look forward to seeing you on top of the charts, my brother. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you. Absolutely. All right, everything. I mean, I said all right, everything, cause that's, that's your thing. That's on everything. Thank you, G. Yeah, killing after killing. This is overdone, and they smile at what they do it. They doing it for fun, but I'm God's son. So I won't ever run, cause a crooked cop ain't nothing but a coward with no gun. But look, I had a combo with my brothers today, about the way I should react if they should come my way. I'm thinking MLK, just so I can make it home, but the other side of me is screaming that it's all wrong. When I think about my son, they gotta be the outcome. When I'm thinking about my people, I'm thinking like Malcolm. I'm in for meals, cause baby, I got the formula yeah. Classic after classic, man, I belong in the orchestra All these other rappers is only concerned with pouring That's up right. So finding better is about as likely as locking Jordan up I keep getting hotter while my trail's still blazing James want a dollar, but for me, they getting Nathan Ain't a nigga living that can cause me a problem Word to CJ, they don't belong in my column I'm so super rare, but they can't find another All these others, man, they come a dime a dozen I can pull the baddest and act like it's nothing like it's nothing. Boy, I swear I'm looking like somebody's husband. Like somebody's husband. Like somebody's. Yeah. Like somebody's